Hey, everybody out there. Uh, welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm Carolyn April, and as always, I'm looking for my good buddy, Seth Robinson. Seth? I'm here. How you doing? I'm good. I uh, was up early this morning, went and got in line at my daughter's high school to get an extra graduation ticket so that my other children could attend with us. So I got that, and uh, graduation is tomorrow. So pretty big weekend coming up. That's so exciting. I know. Gosh, that's your first one out the door, right? It is. Yep. Yeah. Good for Kate. I hope she's excited. It's she's, so great to get high school in the rearview mirror. Yeah. That's my, she's, that's my opinion. <laughs> she's very excited for leaving for college. I'm, like, I don't think she could care less about the graduation this weekend or whatever. She's glad to have it all done. But yeah, to her, I don't think she understood why it was important that I would go and get another ticket so that we could all be there. Um, but it was important to me, which is why I went and did not make her go. So, Yeah, no, good, good. You'll have to fill me in, and hopefully it'll be a nice day. I think you mentioned it was indoors, so you don't have to worry about rain. My daughter is the, my oldest. When she graduated, it was outside. So it was just always, you know, fingers crossed that it isn't a, you know, a torrential downpour. Um, so luckily, you'll not, you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, it'd probably be better if they did it outside so they didn't have to worry about this ticket nonsense. But, uh, eh, whatever. Whatever. Well, you'll have to let me know how it goes. That's exciting news. Congrats, Dad. I will. Thank you very much. So today uh, we have another guest with us on Volley. Um, The guest that we have today is Randy Gross. He works with us here at CompTIA. He is CompTIA's Chief Information Officer and Senior Vice President of Certifications Operations. So he handles everything from trying to achieve the organization's goals with technology to actually delivering our exams and looking over e-commerce and all the stuff that we do on the certification side. And I've known Randy for quite a while, and we're very happy to have him on our podcast today. Yeah, welcome, welcome. Thanks for having me. Seth and I's pinnacle of our, probably our lives was attending each other's graduations, which was at the exact same times, right. same place. Yeah. See, I, I was just going to let it go with I've known you for a while, but yeah, it's yeah. Uh, since high school. It's Who's, been a while, changed? Buddy. Who's changed the most? Hmm. I mean, we would need a third party for that. I don't know. <laughs> right? I, mean, I, uh, I don't. Yeah, we, we have friends that we still know from them, I guess. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, you said, Seth, you told me it was a very small high school, so it must have been a, you all knew each other, right? Kind of a. Oh, yeah. 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 There was uh, good knowledge of everyone in the class. Was it co-ed or was it single? Was it all boys? Yeah. It was co-ed. Yeah. A lot of the smaller schools can be single sex. They know that. This this was not a Northeastern private um, elitist (laughs) location. Like where I went to school. (laughs) Right. I wasn't saying that. I didn't know that, but it doesn't doesn't surprise me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I grew up in the Northeast, so, you know. So uh, before we get too far down the rabbit hole, one of the big news items of the past week and one of the big meme generators was GDPR. Uh, and Randy, with you being the, the watcher of all of our data, we just kind of wanted to talk generally about, you know, what is GDPR? What was all the noise about it? You know, I, I wonder how many people were, were really aware of it if they didn't have to be up to their eyeballs in, in dealing with it. And then kind of, you know, what does that mean, you know, going forward as, as we're talking more about digital data? So why don't we just start with, you know, what the heck is it? Um, why, why was it such a big deal in the past week or so? 
Yeah, I think the the idea here is the in the European Union, I believe there's 20-ish uh, countries that are part of this agreement, and include in, in addition to the UK. And basically, the idea is that we're going to shift the burden of privacy over from the people who are subject giving their data away to forcing companies to really think about how they're handling data and giving consumers a, a fair amount more rights than they had you know, in the past. The best way, I think, for folks that aren't particularly aware of it is if you think about the, the regulations that a state like California puts out that are pretty strict on, let's say, cars, they basically inform how the rest of the United States operates. So in a similar way, GDPR affects roughly 700 million people. But in order to interact with that, you have to make sure that your policies fit with all their their statutes. So what's happened is it's not only EU residents, but if you're, if you're mixing EU plus US or Asia or anything, you likely are going to have to handle data to the EU standards. So it's a de facto global policy for some organizations, and, and we certainly are, are treating it in, in, in such a way. Yeah, I mean, with the global economy, I mean, you're, you're almost, most companies of a certain size are going to have some mingling with European EU folks' data. Yeah, absolutely. But imagine, I was trying to figure out, you know, you know, how many companies in the United States this actually affects. I don't know that that number is out there. I, I couldn't find it. But I've got to think, other than the very smallest SMBs, we're talking, you know, a, a majority of companies in the U.S., I would think so. I mean, if you're doing even basic things like lead capturing your website, if you've got any any sort of global interest in what you're doing, you've got to pay attention to it. I, I think to Seth's earlier question, why do people care about it? Honestly, people care about it because it's money. It's a lot of money. It's 4% of your annual revenue that can be fined, or I think up to 20 million euros. For a single, um, for a single transgression? Well, I think there's a little bit of a sliding scale. I, I think it's the big data breaches that are mishandled are really what I, I've heard are the ones that are out there. But that's that's the only thing that I think is really, unfortunately, people you know, they certainly can say they care about privacy, but they certainly care about 4% of their revenue. And I think that, that teeth is an interesting piece because we don't do those massive fines in the U.S. for virtually anything. And I think it'll be interesting to see how this kind of plays out. What do you think the, the clip line is there? Because we did a brief on GDPR, kind of looking at what companies were aware, and we didn't necessarily try to figure out how many companies this would affect. But according to the research that we did, a small number of companies felt like they were fully compliant or, or were even fully aware of the fine structure and, and what could happen. So, so where exactly do you think that is? Do you think that's a company size thing? Or, or kind of the, the types of data that they think they're dealing with? What, what do you think drives that awareness? I think it's company sophistication. So if someone is in a, a heavy data gathering organization, they're going to be aware of it. They're going to have to be aware of it. And if you're dealing with, with substantial numbers of records, it would be pretty hard for you not to be aware of it. So I think it's, it's more along those lines. Um, you know, a, a, a typical you know, urban service firm in the U.S. isn't going to care. And they probably don't have to. Actually, I know they don't have to. But, you know, somebody somebody who's dealing with customer data that's either they're providing a service that isn't, you know, geography-based or they, they've got some stuff stored in Amazon and they're, you know, shipping data all over the place. That's the kind of stuff I think most people are aware of. To your question about compliance with it, I think that's also, it's a tough one because 
you know, there's all manner of, of templates and directions and, and all kind of research that's been done on what exactly matters. But the reality of that is a lot of this stuff is still up in the air. So, you know, the law firm we work with, we'll, we'll ask a particular question and they'll say, well, this side this says this and this side says this. There's courts even in different countries that are ruling in different ways. So, you know, it, it, it's kind of hubris to say, yes, we're fully compliant and there's never anything that's ever going to go wrong. I think that's crazy. Um, yeah, the, but the there's, there's the, there's a, sorry, there's a continuum I think that people are on and they certainly want to keep moving toward as compliant as they can possibly figure out how to be. The biggest issue I see with this is enforceability really, um, given that this, this is a policy or a regulation coming from one body, uh, the EU that is potentially applicable to all countries that do business with anybody, um, from that, from that entity. But you know, how do you enforce this? it's, you know, uh, that's what's baffling to me is, you know, who is determining whether all of these companies all over the globe are compliant? Is there some body of like, you know, so 10 people that sit around and figure this out and then we'll slap the fines on them and there's got to be some massive appeal process. I'd imagine this is just a giant piece of bureaucracy that will be very difficult to enforce. Yeah, I, I think there's a, there's a couple of flavors to that. The real issue is per country, there's a data, I think data controllers or, or something, data, data privacy um, group that can basically take reports from people that says, I wasn't able to access my, my data or they wouldn't delete it. There was actually an article two days ago about how Facebook and Google were basically forcing people to opt in with, and not providing services, opt into marketing, not providing services. Um, and the regulators are already going after them for that. The enforceability, I, I don't honestly know. I mean, I, I think there's a business licensing in, in every country that could be potentially pulled, fines if people want to stay in those countries. I mean, I don't know if people are going to end up leaving the, the European zone as a result of it. I have a, I have a hard time believing that. And I agree with you, the appeals process in the US is pretty robust, but in the, in the EU, I think if you look at the history of the last 10 years, and even going back to Microsoft with Internet Explorer, mm -hmm. they've, they've been pretty aggressive with how they've gone after that, and I would expect they do the same. It's a different culture. Yeah, it totally is. I mean, just the, the attitudes about privacy in general uh, in, in Europe versus what they are here in the US, and we talk a good game about privacy, but most of, you know, young people in today's day and age, you've grown up with social media and everything. If, if when you start taking things away from them, they care less about the whole privacy aspect of um, of their data than they do about having um, free reign to do what they want on the internet. And I know that's a very different attitude than it is in Europe. For so sure, it's like a cultural cultural thing too. Yep, agreed. Yeah, and I I think that. The, the things that you're talking about are, are really making me think about, we, we've got this focus on GDPR and what it is and, and what exactly it means in the European Union, but you've mentioned that it's becoming a de facto global standard because you've got uh, a lot of interactions. Uh, and you kind of mentioned before that the companies that are probably the most worried about this are the ones that are doing the most with their data. But you don't have to look too far into the future to see a point where companies are going to be doing a lot more with their data and something like this is not the type of thing that they used to think about, but all of a sudden they're going to have to start thinking about it. So aside from the specifics of GDPR, do you feel like there's a decent gap right now uh, in the, the average company out there and, and what they're doing with their data and what they need to start doing with their data because of where we're going kind of as a digital economy and a digital society? 
Yeah, I do. And I think it's, there's, there's a lack of information as part of that and awareness. And, and it's been interesting as we've received, you know, people asking questions about CompTIA specifically. And then we've asked, you know, law firms and, and other folks in the, in the industries that we work in. And what's been, what's been fascinating is there is a lot of fear that's been stoked around, uh, around this primarily because of the fees and, you know, fines and all that. I think that the difficulty is if you look at it just from a standalone process, it's actually a pretty good thing. It's when you, when you gain consent from someone, are you being lawful in how you're doing that? That's a good question for every company to ask. And if you look at it in those terms, it's not negative, it's positive. I think that I read a quote several weeks ago that I thought was fascinating that I think most companies should be aware of. When you gain consent from someone, and let's say you backdoor them and they, you, you, know, you, you, you opt them in automatically or, or whatever else, is that really a valuable lead in running your business? Or if you know that someone has says, yes, please contact me, are you sure? Yes, please contact me. Really? Yeah, okay. Then you have actually someone that's valuable. So your list could shrink, and I'm making this number up, let's say your, your list shrinks by half, maybe three quarters, but you've got 25% of those old leads that are now really good. I think that actually can become a business tool rather than something that someone's avoiding or scared of or whatever else. It's a scary thing, and I don't think anyone quite knows how that's going to play out, but at least that gives me hope for it. I thought that was a, a good way of looking at it. Yeah, it's like the whole Glengarry Glen Ross thing, right? The good leads and <laughs> the old ones. It's <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, well, in, in the, the brief that we did in research here, uh, one of the things, and this speaks to what you were just talking about, Randy, is that there are, you know, other than the headache that maybe um, is this GDPR thing is causing for many IT departments, et cetera, um, but there are secondary benefits as opposed to just the, 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 the work that has to be done that can be a bit of drudgery. And it's, it's that you're, you have to, you know, you're auditing your organization. You're learning more about how you handle data and what your policies are or should be. And, I mean, that can't be a bad thing for any company to be doing. No, you're right. It, the only bad thing about it is I think compliance is never free. And so you're, you're going to end up trading resources in, in some way. So when you've got to go map through all your vendors or map through all your, your data or document all your processes so that, you know, you make sure that you've got everything covered. Should someone want to take their data out, you've got to make sure it's all gone, right? That's, I think, the, the piece that I would only be worried about. But, yeah, it, it forces you to structure your operations in a way that you're very clear about what you have and you are not, you know, you, every, you, you always find something that's like, why are we doing this? And you turn <laughs> it off. Like that's, that's the point of audits, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so you're able to find the good and the bad. So yeah, I, I think there's definitely benefits to it. I think just the, the, the tough part is compliance is it's just, it's that much more work. Um, and honestly, I wish we could throw a lot of resources at it to make it, you know, everyone would want to make it 100% perfect across every business. I, well, maybe not everyone, but I think people that are circumspect about it, like you're talking, would, would help. It would help them a lot. What about third parties? You know, so, so this is, you know, this could be, an, you know, an indirect channel solution provider opportunity if they were really well versed in this, this particular area of compliance or any data management compliance. Speaking for you specifically, did we think about using outside sources or have we? And do you think that's sort of a viable channel to go to so that your own department is not overwhelmed? 
for sure. There's some software packages that we've brought in to do some data mapping specifically to the EU, which I think would be, they're not easy either. So it could be an interesting tool for, for a reseller to go in and say, this is how this works and you know we can do this for you. And I think that would be fascinating to, to see someone take that on. Um, I think if resellers are interested in doing something along those lines, they need to be very well versed in the law. Yeah. And I, I don't say that lightly because even as we've gone through it with with the law firm we've worked with, there's twists and turns along the way based on recent court cases. You can't just always make the same assumption because it's so new. You have to stay on top of it. It's it's ironically like staying on top of you know a SaaS package that's been out for a year. Yeah, it's pretty good. But what what's the feature next week and next week and next week? The interesting part of that is, you know, we were looking at O three sixty office sorry, Office 365, and they've been adding significant compliance features as well, not to advertise for them, but just saying like, there's, I think some of the vendors are putting that out there as well, realizing that they can, they can sort of take a, a piece out of that and, and, and go with it. Uh, hmm. That's yeah. interesting. So they're helping you out in a sense is, is you don't have to deal with this yourself. We're going to, we're going to write. Yeah. That. And we didn't even know it was coming, which sounds That's terrible, cool. but you know, we, we, we were, I was, I was messing around with it and I was like, Oh, this is awesome. So we turned, yeah. we turned on some data loss prevention. Um, and you know, we're able to really dial in some stuff that we were surprised by. So yeah, there's that, there's, there's even case management in some of those as well. So yeah, I mean, I, doing this on your own is not a good idea at all. I would definitely make this as robust as you can with as many third party tools as available. Thinking back to some of the, the things that you've said here about the tools that you're using, the partnerships that you might have, the the things that you might be measuring inside the organization, like the types of leads that you have, do you think there's a, a tipping point here in in the mindset of a company between just having data and actually using the data? So like back to your leads thing, I feel like in the era that everyone kind of had data and we knew that it was there, one measurement would be the amount of data that you had. So we've got all of these leads. But now that we can actually analyze and use it, now we can say these are the good leads. Uh, and it doesn't matter how many we have, it matters maybe how many good ones that we have or, or what we're getting out of them. And And that management of data, I think, just gets deeper and deeper into this topic of how am I handling things? Am I handling it correctly? So how much do you think there's been a tipping point in, in mindset around the data that an organization is holding on to? Well, I, I think it goes back to the sophistication and the, the necessity of that data to your operations. I mean, when you, if you look back to all the stuff that's been leaked, there's a lot of being captured and there's a lot of, you know, manipulation and, and sort of analysis around the data that's frankly scary. I think for a typical, you know, SMB, it's likely been over it's likely overwhelming and i think you really have to rely on uh there's there's tools in there and there's also why are we gathering this and what can we do with it and and again bringing in third party partners that know how to operationalize that or automate it or do whatever i think there's it's tremendous how many tools are out there that can help with this stuff and i think you know even the guys that cut my grass not cut my grass started to do fertilizing they they are unbelievable at how they're able to mine everything they do and they upsell me constantly because yes of course i'd like that now yes of course you know it's it's incredible so they're, and they're not a big operation at all but they've got those they have a platform that works and they, i think they just bought it from someone else and then just they hammer away so in, in terms of the tipping point I, I, I don't know. I would say it's kind of maybe a rolling downhill and gathering speed almost where 
if you're not using the data, you're probably going to get left behind. Um, if you want, if you actually want to grow, I don't, I don't see how business could grow without solid data analysis and, and you in use. And with GDPR to your point, you know that the people you have are likely going to purchase and you're going to have to do a lot, a lot less work uncovering that stone, if you will, and seeing if there's money underneath it. Um, I, I think that's your yield might go up um, even if your volume goes down. Yeah, I mean, I think it sounds to me like going through the pain uh, on the front end here may end up yielding results and, like you said, growth opportunities on you know in the future. Let's hope that's the positive spin on it. Um, yeah. yeah. So you know, Randy, you've been great. Thanks for coming on. I can't believe we haven't had you on Bali before, uh, or if we have, I don't remember. But <laughs> you you would remember. I mean, yeah. Come on. <laughs> but it was great fun. We talk about having you on all the time because you'd be perfect for a lot of different subjects. But thank you for shedding some light on something I did not know anything about GDPR until like the last couple of weeks, quite honestly, because I don't think anyone who didn't have a direct connection to it like you did, uh, including the media, frankly, because I didn't. I mean, if there's been this has been a, a two year thing, and I don't think I saw a single news story myself until a few weeks ago when the deadline was looming. But Interesting. Funny, funny how that works, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, and the news stories were about how many notifications you got in new privacy policies. So. <laughs> exactly. So, Seth, do you have anything else? But I, I just want to thank Randy for uh, for joining us today, and hopefully we'll have you again in the future. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. I think there's a lot that companies need to start doing around their data, and uh, it'll be interesting for us to watch. For sure. Thanks for having me, guys. It was fun. You bet. All right. Have a good weekend, everyone. All right, Seth. Good luck with the graduation. Thanks. Alrighty, bye-bye.